0: there are several books that have shaped who i am and how i do things you know those who influence you that once they speak into your situation, you never turn back. Today's guest is with one of those influences for me, and I am so excited to introduce you to her if you don't already know her. Kendra Adachi is the lazy genius. No, really. Like, her book, The Lazy Genius Way, and her podcast, The Lazy Genius Podcast, will truly change how you view situations, tasks at hand, and the clutter of life. Today, we're talking about life, how it can be clunky, and how we can start today by simplifying it a bit through her 13 principles. It's all about creating systems that matter to you to help you take a bit of the load off. And I'm telling you, it's simply genius what she has to say. Or should I say, lazy genius. From uncluttering your countertops to cleaning up your spice drawer, turning a bad day around, or having a hard conversation with a friend, Kendra's got a way to do it well. And depending on what matters to you, there's a principle for how you can go ahead and start today, simplifying life and becoming a lazy genius yourself. And I am so thrilled to jump right in. Kendra, welcome to Behind the Bliss Podcast. I feel like this should have happened a long time ago. So <laughs> here
1: we are, and I'm just glad to have you. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Rachel.
0: Of course. I, I joked. And for all the people listening, I literally jumped in your DMs, Kendra, and I was like, please come on my podcast. Like, I would love to have you. And you're like, email me. And I was like, perfect. And so here we are. Dreams we True people. Um, I just talk about you too much, like I said, to not introduce you to my friends online. So I want you to take a second and just kind of like gush about yourself and how cool you are (laughs) to people.
1: (laughs) My therapist would be so excited that you're asking me to do that because <laughs> she she's like Kendra, you give yourself such a hard time. Uh, no, I well, I, it's very very kind of you. I my name is Kendra Adachi, and I'm a podcaster, an author. Everything is called the Lazy Genius something. So the podcast is the Lazy Genius Podcast. The book is the Lazy Genius Way. Um, I am married to my husband, Kaz. we We've been married for nine, 19 years. Is that right? We're coming up on 20. I can't remember. What are you doing for your 20th? Yeah. Well, we, (laughs) we were going to go on a cruise and, um, and then we, and we're still in a pandemic, man. And so it's like, well, we're just going to have to hang, we're going to have to hang tight. Hope it gets better. (laughs) So, um, so I don't know. I don't know yet, but, um, we have three kids. Um, my oldest just started middle school. My youngest just started kindergarten. Bless you. So we're in like, we're in like, big time transition over here it's it's something else it's something else
0: the transition years are just so funny and awkward and clunky those are like my yeah. best three words yeah 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 like my middle school years anytime my friends are moms of middle schoolers I'm like just grace upon grace upon grace because I if my kids are anything like I was I'll need it
1: yeah It's got to be such, I mean, from what I, from what I remember, I sound like I'm 80 years old, but like, I think (laughs) I blocked out a lot of it also like middle school, you know, middle school was not probably anyone's like golden years, but I, uh, whenever I think about being in middle school and then I just watch my son, I, I think of how, yeah, how hard it is because like, he's still a kid. He is Hmm. still like a little kid in so many ways. And, and then in other ways, he's just like, um, I'm ready to drive a car now, even though I'm 11. Thanks. Like, it's just, he wants a phone. He wants a watch. He wants cash. Like He wants all these things. And I'm like, dude, dude, we still got to work on you making a sandwich without getting the sun butter all over the counter. So let <laughs> brushing your teeth every for... morning without being reminded. Yes. Yeah, before we like learned to parallel park or something. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, you're right. It is clunky. It is clunky. And I think it's always good to remember that clunkiness is not like, it's not a, um, what am I trying to say? It's just not like a, like a sign that you're doing it wrong. Some seasons are just naturally clunky. Like if it wasn't clunky, it would be strange. So, so I good. just think it's always good to remember. Like I think about that with like little kid, like being being at home with like tiny kids. And then like you said, those transition years, like there are lots of times it's just clunky by nature and that's, that's okay. That was for me
0: clunky is not like you're doing it wrong because man my little newborn life it's simple but it's clunky you know yeah yeah and you're like well, if we ever figure this out surely maybe not I don't know we'll see right. but in the meantime I love what you're about and that's why I was like all right she's got to come on the show because lazy genius that is like that is that's is like perfect whoever came up with that like wow
1: <laughs> That's brilliant. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Ironically, I've told this story before, but one of my one of my dearest friends in the entire world is Emily P. Freeman, who's alth- yes. also an author and podcaster, and she's the one who came up with the name. Oh, so, she's been on our show. We are huge gosh, fans she, of Emily. Yeah, too. She's a delight, and she's match. She has like the superpower at being able to name things. It's very. Wild. Mm, Like, she's mm -hmm. so good. And like, there are book titles that you've probably read, and she's the one who came up with the title. Like, she's just really good at naming things. But yeah, it was her, it was her idea. It was her brainchild. So all credit to Emily. I
0: know. (laughs) Okay. So, like, yeah, life can be doozy, clunky, whatever you want to call it. And whether there's like big moments or just small, everyday moments. And I feel like those really add up where you start to like spiral and start questioning everything. And I've I've noticed myself saying this before like there's got to be an easier way to do this like there's got to be a way and not that we can do it all but the things that we are doing and the things we are called to be responsible over like there are probably better ways to do it and that's where you come in which you are the lazy genius embracing what matters ditching what doesn't to get stuff done and I kind of want to know does everyone have room to be a lazy genius in their life Oh, yes, yes, Let's they do. Go. I don't even have
1: to think about that answer. yes, <laughs> they do yeah it's it's funny because um well i I actually love what you just said, where like small moments kind of add up, you know, like these yeah. these small things that are sort of inconsequential, and then they just kind kind of add up to a life, and you look at your life and you're like, "My life is out of control, or my life is clunky or my quite cl- my life is messy, or any of these things and And I think it's what's so important to remember is that the goal of being a person, I mean, it depends on your worldview, but like the goal of being a person to me is to fully be the person that I was created to be and to honor God with my life and to love him, to love other people well, to love myself well. You know, it's just trying to be like whole in that way, to embrace the truth about about my identity in that way. And, and that it's not all about all this doing. But I think what happens is we, we get kind of distracted by like our life is supposed to be in order to count. Like what we just said, like, well, this season is clunky. It must mean I'm doing something wrong. And that's just not true. You know, like I just think there are t- way too many Bible stories of highly clunky people and highly <laughs> clunky situations that it's like, no, 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 no. We the goal is not to avoid clunkiness. The goal is not to avoid messiness or like mechanize everything to the point where you're just like I always think about just like kind of that optimized robot life. Like you're just that's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to be a person, trying to be ourselves and and um and I think that 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 phrasing that you used of like all these small things adding up to being a spiral, what we tend to do is uh, confront the spiral, confront the big, the big thing, the big machine, the big like, well, I'm not moving. I'm not drinking water. My quiet time's not long enough. I don't have a date night. I don't like all these exhaustive things. And then rather than maybe stepping back and looking at this one small thing, that you can either let go of because it doesn't matter as much. You can um, shift even in the smallest way to give you a little bit more life, to feel a little bit more like yourself. And as you kind of pay attention to those small moments, which sort of feels counterintuitive because it's like, well, I want to fix the whole thing, but you can't fix the whole, well, fixing the whole thing is not really, we don't fix the whole thing anyway. But like a, attacking the whole thing doesn't even get you the results that you're sort of hoping for anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just really love that you started it that way of like these small moments, these small choices, it's not that they are are who we are or are our identity, but there are things that we can do practically on a soul level um, with the rhythms in our lives that can help us sort of like be more of who we are in those spaces where we feel a little clunky and then the clunkiness is not so overwhelming anymore you know yes
0: yes because there's space and margin to rest because right. you're like well if everything's going crazy at least my counters aren't cluttered you know like, <laughs> at least at least like there's you know things in my life that not I hate to use the word control because that is just like such an elusive term but there are things that we can say yes to and do well in, like, the small and the minute and the mundane. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've just appreciated and, and learned so much from your book, The Lazy Genius Way. You have 13 principles, and I haven't implemented all of them well, but I have implemented some of them. And I don't want to, you to give them all away by any means. I like, if people are listening and they want to know the 13, like, go buy your book. But what are some of your favorites that you see yourself
1: implementing every day that maybe someone listening to this episode could, like, start today and do? yeah well, they are all I will say i don't mind people knowing the principles and I have them listed out like there's an Instagram feed post where I'm like, here they are guys, you just save this. you can remember all thirteen <laughs> um because there are so many different examples of like how you can u- yeah. use those principles and apply them um but you're right, it wouldn't be a great podcast episode if I just like listed them out, so we'll stick with some specifics but um but I will say um everything this is not a principle actually, but everything about the lazy genius way in being a genius about what matters, being a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't to you, like to you, it's all about what matters to you. And so that's where it all begins. Like every episode, every, um, like everything that I do is like, all right, what matters? Like what matters to you? Because we all get to name different things. Like even in the example that you just gave of like, I'm so overwhelmed, but at least my counters aren't cluttered. It sounds to me like having clear surfaces, at least in your kitchen, that that matters to you, that that gives you a sense of calm in your life. It would negatively impact you if those counters were cluttered. I'm the same way. That's not true of everybody. Some people will be like, oh, wait, I have to have my counters cluttered or uncluttered? Like, no, <laughs> actually, you don't if that doesn't matter to you. So right. it's really, really important to name those things. Um, and, and that's, that is, uh, it can be kind of a challenging practice for those of us who may have been sort of spoon fed what should matter. Um, we're getting lots of messages about what should matter uh, culturally and even just growing up, like the way that you were raised, maybe the way that your parents did certain things, you might think that's how that thing is supposed to be done. And then maybe you marry somebody and their parents did something super different and then that person is bringing their own priorities, and you're like, "Wait a minute, you don't do things this way." <laughs> is like that the truth? It's so is, crazy. No, yeah, it's not one way. And so I think that um, that that's where it all begins is naming what matters to you in the smallest, in the smallest sense, like in the smallest decision. What matters to me right now about the fact that I'm annoyed that my purse is full of receipts, <laughs> or like, or that my purse is like not a place where I can find anything. Maybe it's that it's stuffed with receipts and you keep your receipts because your dad told you to keep receipts when you were 15, but you don't keep receipts anymore. Like you don't need them. You end up just throwing them away, throw away the receipts, you know, like it doesn't matter to you and it's taking away what does matter, which is being able to find your keys when you're trying to get in your car. So it can really be on like massive, like big, deep relational levels. Like what matters to me about my marriage all the way down to what matters to me about my purse. And so um, there are, like you said, there are 13 principles that can kind of be tools. I kind of call it like a life Swiss army knife. Like you just pull out <laughs> which ones you need in any yeah. for whatever thing. I will say that one of my favorites that's like such a quick win principle is to decide once. This is not a new concept. It's just like, Hey, let's make a decision about a thing one time and then not make the decision again until it's not working anymore right so for example um there there's actually a post um on my instagram feed at the lazy genius where i'm like hey y'all what are your favorite decide once things and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of (laughs) comments of people applying this principle and it's the coolest because it just shows that you can apply it so many ways but like you can decide once what you wear um on a certain day of the week to a certain thing like i have a dress that i wear to all weddings. Like I just have one wedding dress because it's so, I don't wear dresses to other places. So why keep looking for a new dress? Like just wear the same dress. It doesn't matter. Um, It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. So I have one dress. Um, You might have like a decide once of what you get your kids' teachers uh, on like for Christmas or you could have a decide once of what you eat on Fridays. Like there are so many different things that you can decide once to kind of take some of that. Brain clutter and brain fog out of things because you've made some decisions and then like put them on autopilot. Yeah, Uh, I just I love decide once. Decide once is so sneaky and so powerful. I love it.
0: All the indecisive people are like praise. (laughs) They're so grateful because like yeah, you make that hard decision one time and then you repeat it and you do the same thing and it yeah, like the consistency gives you gives me peace at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really great. And another one I would say that I um. Well, the one that I use the most just because of who I am is, um, the final rest, the final recipe, it's not a cookbook, the final uh, (laughs) principle in the book, which is to, um, be kind to yourself. Um, there are some principles that are super practical, you know, they just like, let's get this, let's get this stuff done. And then there are others where the answer is not to get something done. The answer is to like, be kind to yourself when you can't, or you're not or you're too tired to or whatever and um and so that comes up for me a lot because I tend to be pretty um at, historically pretty hard on myself about things and uh thankfully thankfully through like a lot of counseling and a lot of companionship from the Holy Spirit that has been um I wouldn't say better because better and worse is like a weird matrix when you're talking about personal growth, but I feel more like myself you know I feel more like myself and that i'm I'm more gentle with myself when I'm not Um, when those voices in my head are like showing up and being like, Hey, that's not how you do that. Like, actually it's okay. Maybe it's not, but that's okay. Like, I don't have to get everything right all the time. That's exhausting. I'm going to go take a nap now. Thank you for your help. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I think being kind to ourselves when we, when we're stuck, when it's clunky, when we don't know, when we mess up, need to be kind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The idea of being a lazy genius goes beyond, Like, uh, what's on your counters, how you schedule your meals, all the things it goes into like if you, if you have a bad day, if you're having to have a hard conversation, if you have a really busy day, like how do you, how do you prevent yourself from like getting exhausted and like huffing and puffing your way through it. And I I just love this idea because I think anytime we think through systems and processes, we think through it being like mechanical, like what you're saying earlier, Mm -hmm. like a, okay, you know, first I'll do this, then I'll do this. And there is room for that. Like that's even one of your processes is like go in order or you might, I mean, yes. did I get that wrong? What is it? Called? Go in the
1: right order. Yeah. Go, go in the right, right order. order. Yeah. 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 But
0: that's not like all there is to it, to a system. Like yeah. there's, there's room uh, for rest. There has to be like a place where you feel like you've got something done at the end of the day. But again, like it's not all about getting something done. It's just so much more well-rounded than I think sometimes we get this idea of like order credit for if Mm. that makes sense and yeah that's why I just appreciate this so much and wanted to share it with like the entire world (laughs) like if 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 you haven't read this book like it will truly change your mind about almost everything and yeah like what matters to you and what doesn't matter to you and being okay with letting it go I'm just summarizing everything you're saying because I'm just (laughs) like so on fire about it um what kind of systems and like different different things and examples can you give us about what you practically have done in your house that is important to you, Kendra?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, one of the things that is important to me is like all the school stuff for my kids. Um, I have three kids in, in elementary school and I am definitely a person where my, my outside environment impacts my inner life pretty significantly. And so kind of that like outer calm, inner calm thing. Now I can, I can be relaxed and chill in a messy room. It's just a little bit harder (laughs) and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Um, But I really just do value um, not cleanliness, but tidiness. It just helps me feel calmer. Um, And so it's easy to feel not that when there are like all the lunch boxes and all the backpacks and my, like I said, my oldest has started middle school and he's in band and he plays the saxophone now. And so there's like a giant saxophone case in the kitchen and all the shoes and, you know, the papers and all the things that come from school yeah. artwork. and <laughs> yes, so much artwork. I have a whole episode about paper and like kids artwork stuff because it's so overwhelming. Um, <laughs> but I think that what has been really important, so I, in, in naming what matters, um, partnered with a principle in the book that is put everything in its place. Put everything in its place is basically like, hey, um, just give everything that matters to you a home. It's not about being a minimalist. You know, you don't have to get rid of all your stuff. Just put your stuff away. If there's not a place for it, that thing, you know, if you've got a, more stuff then you're able to prioritize in a place, then maybe it's time to think about like, hmm, which one matters more here? You know, like, do I actually have space for all of these things? Right. Um. But I think for the most part, we can kind of intuitively get to that point. But putting everything in its place is really important in our house um, be- because it just kind of keeps that tidiness um. Like happening without me turning into like an angry Hulk mom, where I'm just like, put your stuff away, you know, like who (laughs) left this on the counter? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that. Um, and so it kind of helps. And so that's been something that we have done. We have like an area where everybody puts their backpacks, we've got a shoe shelf where everybody puts their shoes. Um, we have like a you know, a cabinet where the lunch boxes go. It's like not trying to cram things into just the margin or leaving it on the counter or whatever. Like it just really matters to me for all of that school stuff to have a place. And then there's another principle that kind of goes with this um, that's kind of creating a system. I think that's what happens too. Side note is when you put like a couple of principles together, that's when you start to get the early beginnings of a system. You see if it mm. works, don't build it too big. Yeah. You can kind of see if it works, start small. That's another principle, start small. Uh, you can kind of see if it works and then kind of build from there. But a, a principle that I've put with, put everything in its place, is the principle of set house rules. And house rules are not meant to like, just be like, uh, I always think about, I always think about Marie Barone in Everybody Loves Raymond, how she had like plastic on her couch and you couldn't eat food on the couch. Like that was a rule. It's not that kind of house rule. It's not like, it's not about protection of all the things. It's more about like, hey, I know that I can get a little squirrely as a human when you kids leave things around. And I don't wanna do that. I wanna, be, I wanna be a mom where you know that if you leave your backpack on the floor, that I still love you the same. You know, like I want us to have a home that feels like that. And at the same time, just because I'm a mom doesn't mean that I don't have hard days. So to help me, to help me and help all of us with those hard days, we're gonna set a house rule. And that house rule is don't leave your backpacks on the floor. Where can we put them? You can put them in their place. You can throw them up on the counter so we can like get everything out but what would happen is everyone would drop their backpacks on the floor uh somebody would trip on them uh that you'd pull out the homework and leave it on the floor and i think it's trash and it gets thrown away or a yeah. little sister who's trying to help throws it it's like a whole thing it's a whole thing backpacks on the floor and so we have um we have like house rules of put you know take your shoes off when you come in um no backpacks on the floor, put everything in its place, and it's just sort of like a rhythm that we have when the kids come home. And um and it just makes things like so much so much more pleasant, not like yeah. not robotic or anything, just like really pleasant. And uh and we can be together without getting mad about stupid stuff, you know?
0: Well, I love it too, because I think one of the, like my biggest frustrations is a missed expectation. I say that all the time. (laughs) And when like, I expect like something to happen because in my mind, it's a system and the other people around me, like haven't caught on, like, don't know what's up. Like it frustrates me. And so when you have these systems in place, like it almost like safeguards all the people around you and it sets boundaries and healthy expectations. And like you saying house rules that, um. I bet your kids feel safer than they would without them because they know, like, this is just what we do. Like, I remember, like, my most anxious moments as a kid is when I just felt like a lost puppy. I didn't know. I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to say it. But when you have these rails in your life to keep you from going off the deep end and other people (laughs) going off the deep end, it helped. Like, these expectations are so healthy. And it kind of, like, leads me to what I want to talk about next, which is why is it... I mean, I feel like this is very general and obvious answer, but I kind of want to hear maybe even a testimony you have. Why is it important that we that we start implementing these small things in our life? Like, what's at stake if we don't?
1: Mm. That's a great question.
0: Because I think there's people listening that are like, hmm, this is cute, <laughs> but it's, <you> know, <laughs> like, it's not for me. Yeah. But I'm like, no, it is for you. In some yeah. in some way, it is for you. And here's what's at stake if, if you turn the other way. Because I... I just, yeah. I'm, I'm like so for it.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think that part of me struggles to answer that question because perhaps what's at stake is a personal answer for each person because mm-hmm. of how we're wired. That's and, true. um, but I can share for myself, like what was at stake for me and continues to be not as, not as strongly, which I'm so grateful for, but like one of the, one of the whole reasons that all of this sort of came together and I, and I share a little bit of like my personal story in the book itself but um you know i i grew up like highly like such a perfectionist um it was a very unstable home and um and i d- like you just said that phrase of being a lost puppy <laughs> like i know what that feels like um it's a hard place to be yeah and um and i think sometimes when we feel unsure and of our, of our place. When we feel unsure of our place, we react to that in different ways, right? We kind of create um, walls or coping mechanisms or whatever to kind of help us when we feel like we don't know who we are in the room. And for me, I became a perfectionist because it was like, well, if I can not mess up in anything, then maybe everything's going to be okay. You know, maybe my parents wow. are not gonna get a divorce. Like maybe like all of these, all of these different things. And and so what was at stake for me is I moved from being like a nine year old who thought I had to get perfect grades and um only sign up for things that I knew I would be amazing at, you know, like I didn't ever try anything new that I didn't think I would be good at, um, because I didn't want to fail. Cause then what would happen? That was at stake. Like My relationship would be at stake. My safety would be at stake. Like failure was not an option, you know? And so, but what happens is a nine-year-old that becomes like a high schooler and goes into college and then gets married and like all these things, when you are an adult who thinks that the way that you coped with that, that fear or that lack of safety or feeling sure is now leading you to build a life that's just not sustainable. Like if you try to be a perfectionist about everything, it can only last so far before you crash and burn, before you are so deeply afraid that someone's gonna find you out. You know, that on the inside, you're just like one breath from falling apart. You know, if someone actually saw a closet that you say is organized but isn't, Or if they saw how desperately afraid you are, that if someone sees your organized closet, but saw the inside of you, that they would run for the hills. You know, like it's just this, there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves um, to be a certain kind of person because of whatever we're kind of afraid of. And so I think what's at stake is like, to borrow a phrase from um, Brene Brown, she talks a lot about being a wholehearted person. I think that's what's at stake. And I think that when, you know, for your audience specifically, I think when we are, if we, if we look at and receive and believe our identity as children of God, it's really hard to do that in a wholehearted way when we're trying to, to earn and manage and control and all of those things that kind of like make our skin crawl a little bit, you know, that have like that energy running through our body where we're like, get it together, get it together, get together. Like if we are living our life that way, like that's not freedom, you know, that's not really living in the way that we were created to live. Um, Yeah. It's not wholehearted. It's not free. It's not us. You know, it's not you. It's not me. It's not the people who are listening. And so I I think that's why, even back to what I said before, I think that's why the answer to that is really personal because really what's at stake is you. Right. But you don't really know, like I don't really know the specific answer for every single person, but I hope that for those of you who are listening to this, like what's at stake is you being the fullest version of who you were made to be in the room. And we want that person. Like we Mm -hmm. want that person. We all want those people. We all, I just, I always think about like how beautiful the world would be. I joke that I'm like Pollyanna with a clipboard because I'm all like, (laughs) everybody, we love everybody. And also here's a list of things we can do. Cruise (laughs) director, Kendra. Totally. But I think there is like an optimism that I have Um, deep in my marrow. That if more people would embrace who they most deeply are without all of this, like hustling and big machines and getting it all right and trying to control everything and be the best at everything and be good at everything. Or on the other side of that, you've tried so hard being good at everything and you couldn't. And so you quit and you gave up and now you don't try at anything. You know, it's sort of like messy hair don't care. And that's your badge of honor. And you resent Mm, people who have clean houses. You resent moms who wear lipstick. You resent like all these. We just compare all of these things because we, it's like you said about the missed expectations. It's like we have expectations of how everybody else is supposed to be and how we are supposed to be. And they're constantly being disappointed. So really, let's just be ourselves. Let's prioritize what matters to us and honor what matters to you and honor the humanity in each other in that process and be kind to each other in that process and still get stuff done that matters to us in that process. Um, but yeah, I think what's at stake is you.
0: That was the love letter we all needed. Thank you. That was the virtual hug (laughs) around our earphones this morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, holy moly. Yes, I needed that. This is going to be an awful analogy following up what you're saying. But it makes me think about kind of like this physical journey. I went on to figure out why my stomach hurts so bad. Mm. And it ended up being a gluten intolerance, not an allergy, but like, I'll break out in hives if I have a biscuit. Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. And like, right. like <laughs> it depends on who's making the biscuits. But like, I yep. at the end of the day, had to figure out like, what is it that makes me not feel good? Um, But for the longest time, Kendra, I had no idea my stomach even hurt until I actually got quiet, got still and was like, something's not right. Mm. And then on the other end of that, like cutting out the pasta, RIP and the biscuits Mm. and the things and like finding alternatives that work for me and my body. I am such a healthier, happier, like I feel better on the inside, literally, and therefore can do other things better and show up and not have to cancel plans last minute because I'm like, I'm not feeling great I'm in bed like that kind of thing mm-hmm. and that is basically what you're saying our heart needs to like there's something that our heart needs that someone else doesn't there's something our routine needs someone think someone else doesn't
1: mm-hmm. and
0: vice and like all the things yeah that you have to figure out and then start like organizing things around but then also having the grace for yourself it's just it's like all yeah. the things yeah that that can make you feel like the best version of you to therefore love people make disciples do all the things that we're called and commanded to do because we can and not like Mm -hmm. we're just we're not doing it just because we're commanded to we're doing it because it's like well i i feel like i should like i like a desire to because i feel like the best version of me so Mm
1: -hmm. again
0: off analogy because i I do love my gluten and I hate talking about it, out loud <laughs> it makes it more real to me <laughs> but uh but yeah but like I I love this you have to find what works for you and if your stomach hurts it might not just, it might not be gluten so don't cut out all the gluten like please by all means have a cake like mm-hmm. it might be something different yeah it's that's what yeah it's what we
1: it's, need it's that phrase pay attention mm. it's and and it's hard to pay attention when we're trying to do everything or we are sort of like back to that clunky stage of life thing from the beginning like if you think that because your life is clunky that you're doing it wrong and you have this kind of low level anxiety or resentment or frustration with yourself about the fact that things are clunky and it's your fault you know like if there's something in you that's like i need to get it together or i'm never going to get it together then what that does is that actually prevents you from paying attention to what's really going on
0: hmm.
1: it's yeah. it's a distraction in a lot of ways you know, like you're distracted by something that you can't, it's kind of out of your control anyway. And it's like an, like an invisible problem with an invisible finish line. I I use this analogy in the book actually, that like so much of how we've been taught to live life is like running a race, but the, we can't see the finish line and also it keeps moving. And it's like, contrary, like things are contrary to each other. Like you're supposed to rest, but you need to have a side hustle. Um, you're supposed to like be a PTA mom, but also like, like you don't have to, you don't have to care. You can send like trash food to the school party. It's like, it's like, how do I hold all these things? Like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I I often think about, I often think about the, um, Proverbs 31 passage and it's and that we look at that through that lens, through that kind of performative lens, and we're like, "Oh, I got I got to be her." Oh man. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's like really overwhelming if we see it that way. And um when really like God's like, "You're my beloved." And that's enough. Like that's it. I want you to be who I want you to be who you truly are and to live in that deeply and to trust me and to love well. But even when you don't do that, I'm not going anywhere. It doesn't change how I feel about you. It doesn't change how I love you. Like, you know, I I I think people who are listening, who are parents, want to be that kind of parent. You know, we want our kids to know that we love them no matter what they do, and yet we don't receive God's love in that way, Um, and that we hold ourselves to this standard and wear ourselves out, and then we stop paying attention to the right thing, to the thing that could actually help us. Like you were saying, like with your stomach pain. So that phrase, pay attention is um really powerful.
0: So powerful. This is just so good. Yeah. It's more than clear plastic containers to hold and ditch and do all the things. Like it, yeah, it means something. And this is why I just I love your methods. And it's not just home organization or color coding things or, you know, like writing down certain dates on your calendar. It's it's so much bigger and more important than um I think sometimes this idea Gets credit for, so I'm so glad that you came and spoke to it and woke us up. I think a lot of us needed to hear a lot of these messages to love ourselves better, love other people better, figure out ways to just do it better, not yeah. to perform, but because we deserve better mm-hmm. for ourselves and our home and our family. I am so excited to ask this question because I just feel like <laughs> you've got something great. No oh pressure. man, no pressure! I'm
1: excited. I don't know what it is. I'm excited. <laughs>
0: Okay. I asked this on all of our shows, but for you specifically, I'm like, I, I want to eat it up. What is something that you are loving that our friends listening have and, and myself and myself have to know about that they might not know about yet? It could be anything. Oh
1: man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so the two, well, the two things that come to mind are, are super dupe strange. They're, no, they're not, but they're like strange next to each other. One is I, I have been on the biggest kombucha kick the last six months. It has helped my stomach feel so much better. Okay. I can't even explain how much. And I used to like, my sister would brew her own kombucha. And I'm like, girl, wh- where did your hippie license come from? What are you doing? <laughs> and I, and now I'm like, can I have your recipe, please? <laughs> like, right?
0: I'm, like, I'm, I'm all in.
1: Started. I'm all in. Um, And which is, you know, like side note is another thing that I, like I had to, Ask her forgiveness for that because that was a time where I was like, I thought in my head that not only was kombucha not for me, but I had an idea of what it was and who people thought they were when they drank it. And then, and I was judgmental about that quietly and didn't even realize it until I started drinking it. My sister was like, You know, I told you about this like two years ago. Like, you did? And she said, yeah. And you made fun of me for it. And I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> like even about things like that, you know, it's just, I want to be the kind of person that's like, you drink your kombucha. I'm not going to, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. But anyway, I'm like all on board. It's just been the, uh, the mango mystic mango from the brand synergy is, is just happiness in a bottle. It's like my favorite thing ever. I'm going to go get a bottle when we get off recording. Cause now I'm like, I want some now. Um, and then, The other thing, the other thing is I'm just in this like cheesy, amazing series called Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. And it's, um, it's a seven book series. I'm on book. I just finished book four and it's like my favorite genre of book, which is like a teenage girl brings down like a dystopian patriarchy (laughs) and there's like (laughs) magic and love triangles and stuff. It's my absolutely like witches and dragons. And it's like, so it's the best. I love it so much. It's been a really good, like, um, it's just been a good escape. It's been a hard, I mean, it's been a hard year and a half for everybody. It's been a hard month for me. There's been a lot going on personally. And it's been Mm -hmm. just nice to have like, yeah, something to just really sink into and escape in a good way. You know, it's been a really good escape. Um, I do hear just, you know, I content, content heads up. I do hear that the uh, last couple of the books are a bit stainy. I have not gotten to that yet, (laughs) Uh, but just wanted to give a heads up because it says it's the YA series. And I've had a couple of moms be like, so my teenager started reading these and then we got to book six and things started (laughs) happening. I was like, I'm so sorry. I haven't read book six yet. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So synergy and mystic mango kombucha and the throne of glass book series.
0: And at the same time, Kendrick at the same live time, yes. yes, I am. I love yes,
1: it. I am. Kombucha,
0: um, not kombucha. I don't know if it actually is. They call it probiotic drink, so it's not probably actually kombucha. But Kavita uh, makes uh-huh. like this lime flavor, mm. and it is so good. So I loved that for a while. And about the book, I bet you though, it's nice to read something about like dragons and dungeons and princesses and things like that. Yeah, because it's not like too relatable. Like it's totally fake. And so yeah. you can be like, all right, all right, like, that's an actual escape. Sometimes if the book is too legit, it, or even yeah. movies sometimes, like, yeah, it's hard for me to escape because it, like, I take it on as real, because it, it is very much real. It could be real,
1: you know? That's why I stopped watching Parenthood. I was like, this is too close. Oh. I need, I need, like, a show where people are casting spells. Like, I can't do this <laughs>
0: or this is us yeah
1: yes Yes. I didn't even start this is us I was like I know I know this is not going to be my my life I this is not my life's path I can't
0: do it it's amazing but not helpful Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) oh well Kendra this is exactly what I needed and I really hope people listening on the other ends of their earphones are thinking the same thing and you're just the most fun mix of fun and real and get your life together but it's okay. Come rest here. And we need more kindros <laughs> in the
1: world. And just so oh, grateful
0: t- you took time to be with us.
1: It oh, means a lot, Rachel. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure
0: to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in
1: the next episode.